1: What's up, everybody? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. It is your now July 5th episode. I hope this podcast finds you well on Wednesday. My name is Jake Burns. I'm joined by Andrew Spade. We took the 4th of July off for this podcast largely because, again, <laughs> we're still reaching. There's not a ton to talk about. But it's tough to get a guest when people have plans for the, for the 4th of July or the night before. So we didn't do anything, didn't want to force a pod. But we get back with Andrew, who it's always great to spend some time with. And before the show started, we were we were talking about We're talking about fireworks Mm. in a way that I think we needed to talk about on the show because like, okay, to give some perspective, going through a transition in my house, moving my office to a different location in the house is to give my youngest son his own bedroom. So both the boys have their own bedrooms. We're trying to do better with sleep training him, allowing him to have his own space. And it's 1130 and there are fireworks going off like it's like there's a war outside. And like, Mm. I am not anti-firework guy. I know I get that. Like I I tweeted the other day, I'm pretty amazed at how much money people spend on these things to each their own, do with your dollars as you please. I just always seem to have underestimated it. And when you brought up a good point about like, (laughs) this didn't, it didn't used to be this way because I'm sitting in my, I'm sitting in my front yard in the garage a, a little bit yesterday watching the street over from us. We're just a normal neighborhood. Nobody's living too well in this neighborhood and it's just a very normal neighborhood and I'm telling you, it was as good as a community, small community fireworks show. It was nonstop, multiples. And there, you know the, the loud, like, when you have fireworks, it's like that thump noise you hear. Yep. You know what yep. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was, these are expensive fireworks. Yeah. You can tell. And, they, yep. and they're staging these things mm-hmm. on the street. And again, it'll never stop amazing me that you can have from like 930 to 1030 to just go bonkers. I'll be cool with it. But it's 1130. Right. You're still shooting off loud fireworks. That's that's yeah. Like me, old man yelling at the clouds. But I I think like it crosses 11 o'clock. Like, what are you doing on a weeknight? People work on the next day. But anyway, I I think you made a great share your point because I don't I don't I also don't remember any instances of this growing up.
2: Yeah. I mean, I just was thinking back to I mean, I grew up in a in a inner inner, you know, first ring suburb of, of Columbus, Ohio, and you know, we would celebrate the fourth. There would usually be the, 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 you know, the police would drop off those things and they'd shut down the, the street and we'd have a block party in the street, you know, and there'd be sparklers and, and, and snappers and stuff like that. And I know how old this must make me sound, but like, I don't like, if anybody had like firework fireworks, it was like a big deal, you know, like there would be a kid, there'd be one kid on the street that would like finagle out some Roman candles or whatever. And everybody would lose their minds. Now, you know, uh, I I the only time that you would see those like you're saying the mortars that have like that thump you know when they fire yeah. that was on, that was reserved for you know the the going to the park you know or going to the down to downtown you know watching something over the soiota or whatever so like I just I feel like the the not just the the like level certainly the technology has increased right like what people are bringing home is what used to be what would pass for like a good show at you know the park
1: yeah that's my thing is it like phantom fireworks are everywhere now and it's just more accessible
2: i think that's got to be part of it and like what they're selling it's like a, a big bigger business i mean that i was as you were say, talking i was like i mean i haven't been in a fireworks store since i was maybe 22 23 years old so like maybe they're a lot cheaper now i i mean i doubt it like everything else is more expensive but maybe maybe fireworks are the only thing that are inflation proof or i mean the other <laughs> option is just that people uh, have a lot more of a desire to see things blow up now than they did 25 years ago or 30 years ago, which is also possible, right? Uh, you know, I mean, a lot, a lot's changed, uh, since I was a kid, certainly, but I, I just, I, the, it's what, what blows my mind. I, I was, I was driving, um, back home from, you know, hanging out in, in, uh, Asheville, you know, near where I live. And it was every block had like a full blown, full blown, like, a uh, fireworks show happening simultaneously you know it was it was foggy not because it's you know particularly foggy here but because there's just smoke drifting through the streets and it was every street and then you you know it's hilly here so you go up you know you have like a little vista and you're looking west and it's just you know everywhere you look is is fire I and I just don't remember that from I I feel like that has happened since I've been an adult in the last 15 20 years I'm curious what other people's experience have been with it but it's for me, it just feels like it's been a real sea change where now everybody thinks that they've got to put on their own firework show. There's no yeah. no one's watching. Yeah. Everybody's just holding a lighter. It's
1: it's insane. I I I'm like the people a uh, street over. I know that they all went in together. So it's not like there's one just this trust fund billionaire who's just <laughs> blowing money on these things. They're all going in together, which I, I guess that's I guess that's cool. But like, yeah, I, I, I don't i don't know man to your point i also don't remember any of that stuff had to be a local place had to be a fairgrounds of your of your community or something right i have no recollection of like oh that's tom and jessica street over who are just you know what they do like that's never been a thing so they
2: spend two thousand dollars on fireworks every year
1: yeah i have to think it's the accessibility of like the internet is making it easier for people now than ever and i have to think it's like those like phantom fire or fireworks places, or they're putting more, I, I don't know. This is the yeah. ludicrous conversation, but it is. Yeah, it is. It is well, wild. When you think back, Like I, I don't remember any of this as a child.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I'm I'm, I also was like looking at my wife last night and I'm like, Hey, if they tilt that like 90 degrees on accident, if that falls over, that's going through someone's window and someone's right. house is done and they're going yeah. to prison is the risk yeah. reward of setting a neighbor's house a blaze
2: right or injuring somebody or yeah 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 is it worth it i mean i I guess and the thing for me is like i i also have had recently good experiences like going someplace and watching you know either a small town or a city or whatever a neighborhood's firework show like they're not those are also good and you don't have to do any all you have to do is show up with a blanket and they'll just they'll do it for you you know like yeah it's not like they're hard to see they go up in the air and they're very bright it's you know like you can kind of just watch them from wherever so i it's the part where everybody feels compelled to do it that i i'm surprised by but you know and then to your other point like i mean from the half hour around sunset it sounds like an absolute war zone and that's fine that is it's the fourth of july it's to be expected but to your now it is it
1: didn't used to be that way i have to imagine like i I, I stepped out you're right i stepped out yesterday and i'm like i hear it over there in the distance i hear it over here in the yeah, distance. you're surrounded i, I actually sure. thought to myself this might be what it feels like to be in war like mm-hmm. the sound i can right. I have to think that is
2: just the and again yeah
1: yeah i'm not trying to do that to somebody out there who's actually been to these things no. and done these things but like i have to imagine that's kind of what it sounds like a
2: little yep. bit yeah so you know. Uh, but but yeah so it, the the agreement is the half hour to hour after sunset that's that Run is fireworks it. time but yes. now as we're nearing midnight. Still here, I'm him, still here. Yep. And too. it's, you know, that's where it starts to get you know, like you said, it's kids, it's dogs, it's you know, I mean, any if you have any sort of pets, you know, they are not happy about it. I mean, that's just that is part of the deal. Um, you know, and and as you said also like a lot of people have working six or seven hours so you know i yeah i mean it, as you said a minute ago this is definitely old man yelling at cloud uh time here but um i i can't believe jake that we're the only people that feel like it has gone to a sort of extreme level over the past I, decade is really what it feels like and when i asked
1: i asked like went through the dates last week i, I kind of can't live my not to not to put too much uh fast and furious. I can't live my life like beyond one week at a time because I just it get to, like overwhelms my brain. But I was like, Oh my God. I said, this thing falls on the Tuesday. It's going to be a five day. Right. Yeah. Friday firework through, Friday through Tuesday. And, and probably there'll be some leftovers tomorrow. Can't wait. Really looking <laughs> forward to it as my wife texts me about calling the cops because it's just getting to the point where this right. is bananas.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, and point. that's the thing is it puts you in this really awkward position with your neighbors where you don't want to be that person, but at a certain point, you've got to, You know, you we've got it. We have to live our lives, and yeah. it's very hard Let's to live t- your life when there's explosions happening outside your window. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I text. Uh, well, she texted me like, "Surely the cops have been called." I said, "Well, I'm sure the thing that it's turning into is if everyone's doing it, they right? not exactly. Arrest right. everybody. Right. 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 Yeah. And so not, I think not that that's like make
2: t- a bunch of fireworks related arrests.
1: <laughs> yeah. I know, <laughs> man. And it's, it's it's crazy. It's yeah. just like I think because it, yeah. it used to be like don't shoot off fireworks, man. The cops will arrest you. And then it's like, well, if everybody shoots them off, they can't arrest everybody. And are they still
2: illegal in Ohio? I actually have no idea. Okay, because they are. That's the other thing that's crazy about this is they are illegal in North Carolina. Like you are not allowed to possess or buy fireworks in the state, but everybody's setting them off all night long. So there's also that part of it where it's like, I mean, it's not far to get to South Carolina, but like (laughs) there is actually a law and it's just happening everywhere. Like you said, they can't arrest everybody. The people have come together to just, right. to just make we, it a what thing. What we've decided is we would like more noise.
1: It's uh, it's listen. We are pro firework podcast. Got to got to make that clear. Yeah. Love them,
2: right? Yes, yeah.
1: Not loving the trend they're going on. That's where
2: we're going to leave it. Yeah, move on. There's
1: a lot of enthusiasm that seems misplaced. Yeah. So, but again, to your earlier point, I don't see that momentum working in the opposite direction. So here we will be next year if if Andrew is able to join me for July 5th episode, having the same conversation. Well, I
2: I mean, if it's going to be a Wednesday, it's even harder, Uh, but, uh, well, it'll be the 20, it'll be 20. You know, anyway, my, my point is, I think a lot of people I know, you know, make, make this an opportunity to get away to a very quiet spot to try and avoid it you know, and I think it's going to get to that point. It's a good weekend to like get away. That's what I mean. Just like a cabin in the woods someplace. And you might hear a little bit, but it's not going to be like this.
1: Well, here we are. It's still, I will let, I'll let you guys know it's 1138 and I'm still hearing them popping. I'm in the basement of my, my home and
2: I'm hearing them. So,
1: um, you know, every time I hear them, I'll let you know through this pod, that'll be the fun little bit (laughs) as we uh, We should
2: layer in a layer of fireworks going off underneath. Yeah. Every time I say, yup, that means
1: it's Mm. uh, still happening. Um, all right, cool. So what we decided to talk about, uh, otherwise we're going to get to our usual uh, looking through the NFC as we have been doing, uh, but we want to do something a little different. I think at this time of year, and, and I know that there's official pod, we'll, we'll do the official pod at some point, but uh, it does feel like you get to this point, you pick apart your team, you you, you find every negative you can, every concern you can, every quote, every roster hole. Uh, it's just habitual at this point in the dead period to sort of pick apart where things could go wrong. So I wanted to do just real quick, like three things you have pretty strong confidence about. That's going to be good. That's going to be a net positive for the Browns this year. So uh, we talked a little bit ahead of time to make sure we didn't duplicate anything. But uh, again, I kind of want to put a foot forward for after we we went down negative fireworkville, we're going to, we're going to push this back to the positive side of things. here and and then Yeah.
2: Just like big picture. I am absolutely at the point, like, you know, what is it? It, two and a half weeks before they report for training camp. I was thinking about this today, driving home. I can't even begin to like wrap my mind around predicting what this team is going to look like this year, because when you're, you know, I I mean, I don't, this is, maybe this is common. You can tell me you've, you've been talking about the Browns on air for longer than I have by far. You get to a point where you look at it so closely and for so long that it you, it's like it's like a, the opposite of a magic eye painting. The longer you stare at it, the less you see. You know, like mm-hmm. I just can't even begin to make sense of, or or I I don't I feel so far away from predicting what this team is going to look like week one. Like it's just it's so far from from front of mind for me, and I'm I'm it's really vexing because I know over the next you know two months we are going to be called on to to make predictions about this team multiple times, and I just don't even know what to say. Well, it's it's a little bit of scar tissue beyond the normal yeah. baggage we carry as Good Brown's
1: plan. supporters, analysts, whatever you want to call us. But um, you know, twenty nineteen happened where the expectations sure were through did. the roof and there was no there were next no to zero people no pumping the brakes. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And that happens. 2020 comes around, you feel great about their direction, you feel great about Mayfield getting things figured out, and then twenty one happens after again. Yep. Very few people pumping the brakes on that yep. season. So That's right. now we're kind of doing the same thing in a sense here where you're projecting a quarterback to be better, right? You're, you're, you're still, you know, we know what Deshaun Watson has done years ago, but we're projecting a quarterback to be better. And with that projection to be better, it comes with some still Mr. Mystery around it. So I I kind of just think we're in the same spot that we've been in. And yep. a lot of us are afraid to, you know, like, I think, Mike Clay and some of the ESPN people, I'm not sure, and I'm not saying this derogatorily, I think Mike is still with ESPN after the wild week that they had over there. Yeah. Um, I, I think they had the Browns as the ninth-ranked roster for this mm-hmm. year. So there mm-hmm. are pe- like there are very smart people who believe in them, and I understand all of the belief, but I think those of us close to it who have been around since the start of the, you know, whatever, the 0-16, you know, back yep. when they played 16 games, into yep. the Mayfield era, and the, and the glimpses of positive like we're very just much like, Hey man, prove it, prove it. Yeah, this should be a for talented sure. team, for sure. but prove it. And then there's people on both sides of it, like, oh, you can't be positive. And then there's people like, why would you be positive? What do you, what are they giving you to, you know, I, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's all over the map and I get it. There's, there's, there's like the natural Brown stuff here. And then there's also these recent examples of them getting your hopes up. And then, uh, you know, and then you're by week nine, 10, 11 starting to try to figure out who the next coordinator is going to be or, you know, whatever. And th- th- those questions will be heavy this year. So, um we hope that we don't get to that but i think the more i get close to it the more i think that that we should be predicting the team to do well um does that mean they're going to and does that mean we put money on it probably not but they're too talented to not do well so the prediction should be that they do well like yep there's no reason in my opinion unless you just want to be different which is which is fine um you want to believe that watson can't get back to normal whatever whatever I just think that there's there's too much talent. Yeah. There's too many upgrades that we're going to talk about here in a minute, not to think this team is going to be good and expect them to be good. Like that's kind of been the, the thing I've been trying to say all offseason is your expectations should be high. Like right. whether that comes to pass is is one thing, but they're they've invested a lot of money. They've invested in a lot, of, I think, talented players. And there's yep. no reason why your your expectations shouldn't be high. You can be rooted yep. in Cleveland Brown's realism, which right. I think is always fair yeah but the expectation should be high you
2: know and it's clear that they have a a, a, they have a clear plan you know for where they want to go I mean the the switch at at defensive coordinator right the the way that they've built the offense I mean this is all stuff we're going to talk about I don't want to step on our topics too much but but they it's it's not just that they've kind of you know cast around for different ways they obviously have a plan to address some of the weaknesses that that were on display the last two years really Mm -hmm. and so I think your point is exactly right that like it, you there's no reason sitting here in July to expect that the plan's not going to succeed and if so if, if so then if you expect that the plan's going to succeed if you expect that they or what I mean is if the plan is is thought out and they they have followed it then that plan being followed should bring them to a position of being successful because we think that the people that are running this thing have a pretty good idea of how to put together a winning team and so yeah, that's the exactly the point is that the ex- expectation should be high because not only is the talent there, but the co- the cohesion of the vision of what the offensive side wants to do and what the defensive side wants to do, that's all coming together as well.
1: Yeah, it's in the best spot it's been in in right. a significant amount of time. Right. So, I think the thing that sways you one way or the other when you get asked the question you just got asked and and this is this is the first of our three. I'll go I'll go first here is If you're on the side of the Browns are going to be really good. They they should fight for the division. They should be in these games that matter. It's that you think Deshaun Watson is going to be some semblance of better than he was last year. Like those, what is it? Six games he played? Yep. Not great. Flashes, glimpses, things we've talked about on this pod before that were better. I just think the amount of time he gets with the organization, the amount of time he gets with Kevin, the singular focus on driving everything behind Watson instead of, knowing you have to give two thirds of your season to Jacoby Brissett is going to make a significant difference. It feels like again, that's a lot hearsay and a lot of videos posted to social media that we're seeing this play out early, that there is a, a ton of positive happening around where Deshaun is. This is a person now, uh, I guess the mental side of it. I mean by that is where he is, uh, you know, with, with the, the burden of the situation he put himself in and then, also it just seems like the the team organization, the offense is in a, is in a better spot supporting him and he's clearly uplifting everything. So like the thing the first thing I have confidence in is that Deshaun Watson is going to be significantly better than last year. Does that mean he's 2020 Deshaun to be determined? We'll see. There might be some growing pains still for Kevin going away from so many things he's been comfortable in getting in the right spot with him, but I think there is I've kind of been vocal about it, kind of not. I've I've held it uh, uh, on the on the down low a little bit, but I I really think that there's a guy. I think he's going to be really good. I'll just leave it. There. I think he's going to be really good again. I don't know how good that really good is, and if that really good will be enough to win a Super Bowl. But he's he's still twenty, what 28? He's still young, uh, and I and I really do think he pieces it together again. So like that's my leading piece of confidence is that he's going to be really good again. Uh, I don't think that they just have like this, this, this really good quarterback in the NFL has just been like taken out of him completely. He's just mon-starred his way out of his talent. I don't think that happens. So I think this, everything on the same page, all that stuff leads me to feel really confident that the offense
2: will evolve and will be better. And um yeah, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. I mean, I think, and, and if that does come to pass, you know, and I think that, I mean, you, you kind of said that there's, Plenty of reason to think that that's the case. Then you know the the really beautiful thing about that is the mul- multiplier effect that it would have on the rest of the roster, right? Because mm-hmm. we we've said it all off season. If that goes, you know, if if Watson is kind of back to seeing things the way that he saw things and and making the throws that that he made, and you know the the fit is there with the offense with Stefanski calling it. That will hide a lot of other flaws, right? Yep. Whether it's inconsistency in the offensive line, or you know, a defense that's still trying to figure out how to make a transition to the to the Jim Schwartz style, or you know, um, maybe the wide receiver mix isn't exactly right. But you know, I mean, uh, peak Deshaun Watson was making plays with practice squad guys, right? So if that piece is humming, it 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 you know. Some of the other stuff that we'll we'll talk about might not come to pass and it might not matter. That's how important it, it is anymore. for this one to to be, you know, to, to to happen for the Browns. And I think it, you know, we could almost stop this list there, right? Because it, it's, it's like. True. It is it, that much further out in front of everything else. Yeah. And it just, it on. solves all those other problems. I mean, you just look at Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. We had that conversation when we previewed the Chiefs a few weeks ago. Like, uh, you can trade Tyreek Hill and still put together a Super Bowl run and 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 win a trophy because the the pieces those pieces are right the coach and the quarterback are right so the rest of it can just you, you can walk into the season in September saying well we'll figure this out by the time December and January roll around we will have this figured out and you have that confidence that that's actually going to happen so it, it really enables all of that other stuff to you, like we got time we got time yeah we'll be all right
1: yeah i couldn't i couldn't agree more i don't really have anything to add to that other than we've we've hashed that out before if you've listened to andrew and i and it is yeah i mean I, I again i don't think it needs to be stated again but it can't also be overstated how important exactly. it is to get a, a yeah. quarterback that an eraser. yeah um you know we had this these three things happen to us but we still won well why'd you win well because our quarterback threw for 300 yards he got out and right. ran a little bit created some first downs yep. out of thin air and we extended the game and we won it. And you know, Mm -hmm. that's, that's what you're paying him for. And it would be very Cleveland Browns if he just failed to do that stuff again, because (laughs) that's just how it would go. But I, I just like to the nature of the positivity of this show. Like I really, I I would be really, I would be really surprised if he couldn't do that stuff again. I I really would And I I think Kevin and some of the guys around him and Callahan and the, like, there are some smart offensive minds here. I know they're rooted in a lot of different things and have been, very uh, fundamentally stuck in their, their spot, you know, the first three years about what they like to do, but uh, I, I can't imagine. They're smart. They're smart. There's, they're, they're a bunch of good coaching minds and they cannot look at this the way I've been looking at it and say, this is okay. We should just run it back as is like they're, they're, this should look different. I think it will. And uh, I think that Deshaun has a heavy hand in what that all ultimately
2: does look like. You know what I mean? I do. And I think that's a great point. I mean, I think the, the you know, the talent, on the coaching staff, it's, you know, it, it really is. I mean, to kind of go back to where I started, it's time for all that to show up. It's as simple mm-hmm. as that. And, and I think, I think we both, you know, talking to the difference between trying to project something and expecting it, I certainly expect it because yeah. it it truly is now or never. So I expect it to show up. It's unleashed. They think so too. So yeah, we'll, there you go. Uh,
1: we'll hold them to it. Bingo. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. So, so my first one is uh, talking about a little bit of a different angle on the offense. And I think, you know, the other thing that, that I was really banging the drum for throughout the off season that they did to their credit, to Andrew Berry's credit is really uh, improving and, and diversifying the, the stable of pass catchers uh, for Deshaun Watson to kind of give him more of a chance, you know, to try and uh, raise the floor, I guess. And, and, you know, we've, we've talked to Deandre Hopkins a few times and I think, that would be the argument for bringing him in as well is that, you know uh, it it would be the same sort of security blanket, a guy that he has a lot of chemistry with Uh, you know, I was actually, (laughs) this is a total uh, uh, diversion, but I was, I was watching a little bit of that USFL championship game this weekend. And Dion Kane had three touchdowns in that game. And that was a, that was a player that carved up the Browns in the preseason last year when he was with the Eagles and he played uh, they mentioned this on the broadcast. He played with Watson at Clemson. So now that's another name. I mean, but but the point is is um Elijah Moore, Cedric Tillman if you know if he can contribute uh, from the jump, but I think even Jordan Akins, right? These are guys that should give Watson a few different ways to win, right? So that if if a team is dead set on on taking Cooper away, uh Elijah Moore has a chance to to you know work one-on-one against the second corner and and make a move, make a play, get open for a key first down. They didn't have that as much last year. Uh, you know, all credit to, uh, to uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones for what he did last year, but he is not a, a third-down, move-the-chains guy because he's just not creating space for himself like that. So their, uh, their willingness to kind of go out there and address the wide receiver room, I didn't mention Marquise Goodwin. I think the speed element is going to be really important in trying to hit some of these over-the-tops uh, as well. Uh, I, I think they deserve credit for diversifying this the skill set in the wide receiver room. And I think that, along with what, what Jake said, but but that will also really help uh, to push this offense forward because they just didn't have the depth that they have this year, last year. And it put them in positions where it had to be Cooper uh, you know, helping them win games or it had to be Donovan Peoples-Jones because there weren't other options to go out there and do it. I mean, David Bell, as a third-round rookie, played a bunch of snaps. For that offense, and he was fine, but he certainly wasn't a difference maker. And I think they've added some difference makers uh, that can that should be able to help sort of elevate the baseline of the offense, which then is going to make there. So there should be easy throws for Watson, is my point. Even if you know we're expecting a big step forward from from Watson, it's still nice when you go into a game to say, all right, we 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 know we can get you this with Elijah Moore on the first third down of the game. Like he's got. We've got this route available to us, right? Or we know we can get Cooper one-on-one in this formation, and that'll really help us uh, make make you know make that first throw that second throw easy. Get you in rhythm. Get you going.
1: Yeah, I don't. Uh, I always find the fu- uh, the phrase you know, quarterback is he should elevate everybody. You know, he should, and I I'm with you. He should, but also really nice to have some some good receivers, right? It's also really nice to have uh, good depth because it's like. You know, if he can elevate everybody and there's already talent, that's a good equation. So, you know, it's like so in that, that phrase so funny sometimes. Well, we'll just you know, pass on receiver, he can make those guys better. I think if you talk to Kansas City people, they're they're concerned about their wide receiver room. Like they yep, they they really are not uh, you know, they're they're picking apart their team and they're probably they're fine. They'll be fine. But like that's the that's the, the concern is they have moved on from Hill and haven't really replaced with any substantial talent no guy has really stepped up and, and taken over that stuff that they they you know that role so anyway uh yeah just it's it's okay to have really nice group of receivers for a quarterback that you think should uplift them right at the same time because then they can go to new heights all right um second one for me is the uh the the coordinator stuff here i mean i i don't think we can go through we don't have the time we don't have the mental capacity to go through all of the things that bothered us about Joe Woods. Luckily, we have a podcast <laughs> that we have echoed so many of the sentiments so many times yeah. between Twitch shows and this podcast. So, like, go,
2: go back and watch the post game from the Dolphins game. I think that's where we really started. I think that's where the worm turned, right after the bye week, and they just got hosed by the Dolphins. I think the Patriots one was also another one. Oh, we were, yeah, the Zappi we game. Sure, sure, we were, absolutely. We, were, yes. quite an, we yeah. were quite annoyed. That um, was when it started to be like, oh, this this might be – you know this that was sort of the yeah that was sort of the dawning where it was like oh well, this might be a real problem not just a small yeah, like, problem this might be a real problem it was like i'm okay with
1: him just being done with it like punting on right. him and, yep. and like this, yep. we're good here um so anyway uh leaving leaving that topic open <laughs> i think that schwartz and we don't have to spend time on Prefer bubba ventrone they're just substantial upgrades i think they're yep. just higher quality coaches not that if you put Joe Woods on a whiteboard or you put Prefer into situations and say, "Can you do?" They're they're NFL coaches. They can do it. I mean, Woods gets another DC job. I mean, it's a sort of pseudo assistant to um, Dennis Allen down there in New Orleans. But these guys have been around the NFL. They'll be fine. Joe Woods has been at successful franchises, but some guys are not able to lead the group and, th- and be on the forefront of thinking, developing, scheming, teaching. The way you need them to. So I, I just if there's another thing outside of the Watson getting back to who he was angle, I don't think you can sleep on the angle here of just these coordinators are that much. They're better. They and it's like nothing's guaranteed. Right. Could be really annoyed with Jim Schwartz midseason, but like I, I just feel like they're a lot better. And yep. um right. I, I think that's gonna play out that way.
2: Yeah, and I I you know, we've talked about this uh we, t- we talked about this last week just in terms of like you know uh we may have even talked about this off air but just a little bit of a concern about schwartz's versatility and his uh, willingness to be adaptable just because he's been around the league a fair amount but mm-hmm. you know i i think the 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 thing that you just said better is so key here right because we are not no no browns fan should expect that the defense is going to be perfect this year right but better is is the goal right um they are not going to be, they're still going to blow coverages, right? That's it's the NFL, and it's you know, seemingly kind of a habit of some of the players the Browns still have on the roster. Um, you know, they are they're going to get in predictable defenses from time to time that are going to make mm-hmm. you and I text each other, <laughs> like, what was that on third down? Right? That looked easy for that opposing. It's still going to happen, but it's yeah. going to happen less. That's the idea, right? That the there, and there's going to be other times where instead of straight rushing four, you know, with with no deception, they're going to dial up some sort of stunt that, that the other team hasn't seen and, and materialize a sack out of nowhere. So overall, you're hoping, you know, instead of last year where it was more bad than good, this year it's more good than bad. And, and then especially as the season goes on, you see that improvement continue. And I, I really think the same thing with the special teams, right? Like, it's not necessarily that the special teams are going to be perfect. It's can you not give up a fourth and whatever uh, fake punt? Uh, pass you know can you not let an onside kick be recovered uh can you uh you know uh put the team in better field position routinely than than your opponent so that you're not constantly like that ravens game last year you're not constantly you know behind the eight ball because the other team's at the 40 and you're at the five again and again and again so yeah it's it's not perfect it's better and that's that is not to say that it's it you know i'm not trying to damn them with faint praise like it's an important improvement but I think the number one thing is just to understand like they don't have to be perfect for it to be a vast improvement over last year in both of those areas.
1: For sure. That's enough. Like I'm looking for simple things. Like these are just kind of the obvious things that should be better. Like it just, it stands out. And I think those two are the, the two singular biggest ones to me. What's your second one?
2: Well, on the defense, you know, so, so you, you know, you're talking more about the coordinators, the personnel side. I'm talking more about the, the personnel, uh, I think Zadarius Smith. I don't think it's particularly close. Is the best pass rusher that Miles Garrett has played across from since he has been in the league, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to unlock either Smith or Garrett, and I, you know, I guess hopefully both, right? But Smith, being that you know, last year was a top ten guy. The Browns having two top ten pass rushers on one defense uh, should really unlock the best in both of those players. Um, you know, Smith has been public about he's excited to be a, a 4-3 guy after being a stand-up 3-4 guy for the past while. I think really most of his pro career, if not all. Um, and I think Garrett has, has had, you know, Olivier Vernon, good player. Jadevian Clowney, good player. You know, had a great year in 21. Uh, you know, not the sort of premier pass rusher that Zadarius Smith is. And then you add in uh, Obo Okoronkwo, and it's, you know, that adds another layer because I think Okoronko was really probably already at that Vernon Clowney level in terms of pass rush productivity. So now you've kind of got that plus a top 10 guy. So the depth part is really important that they can actually, they could have a third down where Miles Garrett can be on the bench if he really needs that blow because they've got two other guys that can do it. And so, uh, you know, I, I think overall, just the quality of Zedaria Smith as a pass rusher and then also improving the depth you know, um, it it really puts Garrett in a position to succeed and it puts their whole pass rush, I think, into a different tier. No doubt. It does.
1: Like we said, we'd have been fine with Okoronkwo alone. That's what surprised me the most about the Z'Darri Smith trade. Is like we've seen them just have two competent pass rushers and Miles and whoever else, Clowney or uh, who was it before that? Uh, Olivier Vernon, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But they've never gone to the third guy to this extreme. They've done the Adrian Claiborne. They've done right some of these others um you know i'm I'm forgetting one uh, yeah i mean Tack I mckinley think, right but they've Tack never McKinley, gone here yeah. right mm-hmm. yeah so. one
2: year it was like i mean with injuries or something port augustine was like your third your rotational rusher you know or uh yikes you know joe jackson guys that are sort of fringe roster guys okaronkwo is a what is what probably a top 20 25 pass rusher in the league he's he's legit and yeah. then you also add smith and so it really changes the complexion of things i just think they're going to be a lot harder to prepare for week to week, and Garrett's going to be fresher. So, um, you know, talking about expectations being high, this is – I mean, I, I wrote this in a column a week or two ago. This is Miles Garrett's year, right? If if it's going to happen be. for him, this is his year to be defensive player of the year. If he wants to break that sack record, all that sort of stuff, this is the year.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's – he's, he's about to be 28. He's 27 going on 28, right? So – it's mm-hmm. gotta be now or it's like it could still happen for him in the coming years. he's an alien, but right you would think the timing would would mesh up pretty well there mm-hmm. uh third one for me, final one is just the secondary where where I'm looking at like again obvious fixes, the secondary not having these issues. they've already talked about the communication stuff right like and I know you and I went i think into this in detail in the last pod, but They should just have less blown coverage. Could a guy get beat, right? Could, could someone get beat and made coverage? Could someone get, you know, whatever. That's fine. I just want to see less. Somebody turned around with their arms up wondering what on earth happened. Why, why was this guy uncovered? Think the jets game, the touchdown, the, to Corey Davis, right? That, uh, Gave Kind of put them back in the game a little bit, put them down, I think that put them down seven or six because uh, mm-hmm. I'm living a bad memory because of a missed <laughs> PAT. Um, so think of that, the Panthers, the Robbie Anderson touchdown, there was a the Bills game touchdown in the left corner where nobody was in, in the vicinity. Um, many, 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 many of those. Too so- many. Too many, and I think that I feel pretty confident in that they are going to do whatever the issue with that was, whether it was overthinking, whether it was poor read and react, they're going to address it, and they're going to get that fixed. Could they still have an equal amount of issues because somebody gets beat? It's possible. I just think they're too talented as one-on-one type of guys, Mm -hmm. whether that's like a man-match concept or a true man-to-man, that I see them just having the issues of guys running wide open that we've seen really in the last two years. So I feel pretty confident as far as like, that's something that's going to be a lot better. So, uh, and I think if you get that fixed, you cut down on so many of those easy answers. You put yourself in a situation with more third downs for quarterbacks and more confusion. Thus the rush that you were just talking about in your last point becomes a bit more prevalent and it's a good formula to be in. So, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to be afraid like like the Browns have, have been very much a been but don't break defense under Joe Woods, force them to make 15 play drives. I think they're going to be more aggressive than that. And that with that aggression does mean they're going to be some chunk plays. I can live with chunk plays where someone goes and gets a football over the top of your corner or something of that nature rather than two guys not understanding palms coverage and not passing off a route the right way. Like that's exactly. just that this should never happen at graduate level football, which is what we're at. We are a doctorate level football here. So yeah, I'll kind of leave it at that. But I feel, I feel good about a unit that wasn't good enough last year, you know, between Newsom defining a role a little bit more, the moving parts they have. I feel better about that spot than I did last year. And I feel like that will carry into this year. So I'll, I'll leave it at that.
2: Yeah, I think that's well said. I, I mean, I think that there's again talking expectations. The expectation should be, you know, we've we've talked a few times about Denzel Ward, the player, and and who he needs to be. Um, you know, the certainly a, an incredibly impressive uh, rookie season from MJ Emerson uh, and and Newsom needing to bounce back to to kind of live up to his first round uh, billing. Uh, and then you talk about the safeties, right? I mean, Grant Delpit's looking for a second contract. Juan Thornhill just arrived. Uh, Rodney McLeod just arrived. Um, there, There's plenty of reason to expect those six players that I just named to all play at an above average NFL lever, level, right? Like none of those guys, as far as, you know, from my perspective, none of those guys should be disappointing this year. I, you know, for various reasons, but there's just, there's no reason to expect that. I mean, does Emerson take a little bit of a step back in a second year? Yeah, sure, okay. But but for the most part, like they have a lot of talent there, and it's time that they start playing like it for sure. So yeah, I think expectations are high. And like you said, there's no reason not to have that stuff ironed out, right? They've had a whole offseason to to put that stuff to bed. It's what we said last year, but yeah, I think that's a true.
1: New, new <laughs> perspective and some some things I'm liking. What they're saying in the media again. None of this is I'm not sitting up or guaranteeing anything, but. I feel confident yep. that they're going to get that right, uh, mm-hmm. especially
2: with just new set of eyes and a new coaching technique. Yeah. Well, and, and it's 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 such a case. it's such a Schwartz thing too to just not tolerate stuff like that. Like you know, one thing that drove us crazy last year was the lack of consequences seemingly. You'd see guys blow a coverage and then it's mm-hmm. like, "Well, we've got other cornerbacks. What if, what if we played Thomas Graham out there or AJ yeah. Green, right?" And like I I think Schwartz is that old school type where it's like, "Okay, well, if you if you can't pass this off, then you got to sit down." you know, uh, for, for a series or two, get your head right. And so I think the tolerance for those sorts of mistakes is going to go way down, which I, you know, I I mean, football at any level that works, right. Getting, getting your ass chewed out by a coach does not feel great.
1: No, never does. All right. So last one from you, bring us home.
2: Uh, this is, this is just more like just pure positivity, like just mainline, you know, it's, it's July, the season is, you know, two months away or so. I really think, like talking about career years, a player that's really set up for a career year is Nick Chubb, um, mm-hmm. and I think there's every reason to expect that he can deliver on that. You've got the combination of a passing game that should lighten up boxes for him. Uh, the offensive line is intact and fully, fully healthy. You know, fully, fully ready to be everything that it that it can be. Uh, Josie making I, an appearance on the pod in the background. <laughs> he wants. He's a Nick Chubb fan. He, he you know, he's he's very excited. To talk, Nick Chubb. Every time I talk, is that a ping pong season, ball I hear back there? Yeah, is that all coming through? Boy, that's a shame. Uh, it's a no, we're keeping
1: it in the pot. <laughs> we need people to know the circumstances we deal with here.
2: We got fireworks going off. We got a cat having a yeah. hell of a time here at midnight. He's just, you know, he's. I was gone for most of the day, so he's got a lot of energy. Um, I, you know, but the biggest factor is, you know, last year was it was. I mean, you just look last year at the numbers. Look at the number of touches they gave Kareem Hunt last year. Uh and it's just not going to happen that way this year. I mean, I know Jerome Ford is is a decent player, and they seem excited to to have him as the second back this year. I just don't think they can afford to give Jerome Ford Kareem Hunt type touches. I don't think they will. I don't think they'll make that mistake. Uh, and so I think Nick Chubb is is going to be prime for his biggest workload as an NFL running back. And I think if I mean anybody is up to the challenge, it's it's him. I think he's going to be ready to have you know, uh, 350 some touches, like something like that, you know, a big, big number. And he's going to put, put them to good use. I think he's going to, you know, my, my sleeper prediction with this whole thing is I know that he has been an uncomfortable catcher of the ball. Uh, he's never looked natural doing it. My guess is that that was a focus for him in this offseason Cause he knows as well as anybody else knows what's coming this year. Yeah. And he wants to be on the field every every snap i we know that about nick chubb so my prediction is that he's going to be a he's going to look better as a receiving back than we would have expected and i think that plus his natural running ability and just more touches is going to lead to his best season as a pro
1: yeah i've had this discussion i don't think it was with you i think it was someone else but yeah i the the sentiment across many people who are discussing the browns uh, nauseam the way they are um is that nick chubb is not going to have as much Whatever this year. I, I kind of think I think the overall rushes will be down, but there's reason to believe that the amount of touches that they were giving to Kareem get cut in half. Yep. And that half exactly. gets put into Nick's lap and he probably hovers around the same number of carries yep. he did last year. Yep. And he'll probably have twenty more targets in the passing yep. game. So mm-hmm. you talked about it's a it's a big season for Miles, so almost make or break. I mean, it's Nick's season too. He's got to lead yep. the league in rushing. I don't think he's done that yet. Did he? I don't, I don't right. think he's done that yet. No, so, he hasn't. I don't know that he'll lead the league in rushing. I wouldn't predict that, but I would feel like he's set to have a career year production in, 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 uh, in a way both yeah. sides. And he could and like if, if the number of rushes goes down, which I think it will because of the second back
2: situation. Uh, I, I think Nick's kind of hold steady. There is a chance he still does lead the league in rushing. Yeah. So? And I think that there's a position if the rest of the stuff we're talking about bears fruit, you know, and Deshaun Watson is kind of back into that top 10 conversation uh, at a minimum, there are going to be games where he can absolutely salt it away in the fourth quarter. Right. And I mean, obviously mm-hmm. at that point, then you do kind of sprinkle in some Jerome Ford, keep him fresh, but, but he should have an, opportunities to eat late in games. Should have plenty. I like it. Those
1: are three of our most optimistic, right? Uh, I don't know how we're labeling that, but three, just the three things we have the most confidence in Yeah, uh, you get six total there going into the year, hopefully a ton of positivity. We were going to, do a second segment on the nfc teams we're gonna hold that for the next spot it's too late after midnight here we're fireworked out hopefully you guys enjoyed this show <laughs> uh, i think we we discussed a lot of a lot of fun topics a lot of good things covered and uh overall uh and there's again it's it's, it's almost like you do have to remind yourself at times you've been beaten up so much believing in them getting disappointed so on They they should be good they should be really yeah. good yeah, and it's okay to remind yourself why you have confidence in the fact that they should be really good. So hopefully mm-hmm. that hit home with you, Andrew. Thank you for your time, my friend. Always appreciate it.
2: Yeah, Josie says good night, uh, and uh, you know, asks politely that everybody stop with the fireworks now that it is officially July fifth. So always yeah. a pleasure, Jake. I am sure the people that are
1: doing these late night fireworks will really care. They'll, they'll, well, they seem like the people to care about other people's. Yeah, they love to listen uh, to well a cat. They sure do. Not, not even, not even just that. They, maybe more a cat than a person. They probably won't <laughs> listen to you know, people at all. Anyway, uh fun pod. Thanks guys for being here. Uh, apologies for, uh, you know, where we five days into July and we've had a couple of days off. I don't think we're going to have many days off moving forward. So expect a pod in your, uh, you know, your setup every morning should be a thing. So uh, like I said uh, earlier, appreciate Andrew for being here. Always. Uh, you know, the insights are unparalleled right now. I think that he's doing a fantastic job and hopefully you guys are enjoying it too. And we will continue to write about and discuss linebackers this week at the OBR. So if you have some opinions on that stuff, those guys, we're going to write about pretty much every guy in that room, make sure to stop over, check it out and have some banter with us about a position group that is, uh, it's in a peculiar spot for them both now and into the future. And we're going to discuss both of those things. So OBR all week, rate and review the pod. Thanks to Andrew. Thanks to you guys for being here. Have a fantastic day after. July Fourth. However, that finds you could be any mood, could be any state mood, whatever. Hopefully, this pod finds you and you have a great day. Good.